Kendra Winchester here with Autumn Privet, and this is Reading Woman, a podcast where we're reclaiming half the bookshelf by discussing books written by or about women. And this is episode 37, where we're talking about Black women writers in honor of Black History Month. Hi, Kendra. Hi, Autumn. So we have some amazing books to talk about today. We do. We do. We've had a lot of texting back and forth and like, have you gotten to this part yet? No. Don't tell me. One of the books has a family tree in the beginning, and Kendra was like, I want to talk to you, but I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> she didn't. She's really good about that. I usually like Me, not so much. I'm usually like, I black you out until like. She's I'm, like, don't talk to me until you're done. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Anyway, until we get to the books, which we'll get to in a second, we have some news. We have lots of news. Yeah, and some of this news is brand new today that we're recording, which is exciting. Right. So the first one on the list is the National Book Award announced that it's going to have an international prize category. Which I found this really surprising at first until I read the article and then I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, and I I didn't know a lot of the history of the National Book Awards, but this category is going to be for international writers not writing in English, so it would be translated, and then the translator and the author are going to be awarded equally. Which I think is really amazing, and we're huge fans of translated books here. And So the New York Times article I was reading was talking about how small the market is for translated books and how few people read them, and we're huge fans of translated books here on the podcast, so it's a great way, I think, to raise awareness for these really amazing translated books that sometimes you don't even know that they're translated until after the fact. Right. And I know we've talked about before some ways that people hide that a book's translated, like the history of bees, or it's like plastered everywhere, like Hong Hang's The Vegetarian, because Deborah Smith is such, you know, a well-known translator since they won the Booker International Prize. And of course, Anne Goldstein and uh, Elena Ferrante that duo that works magic and now has a column in the guardian which wasn't on our list but since we're here i know that's pretty amazing Ferrante fever i embrace it wholeheartedly (laughs) (laughs) um so the next thing on the list is something that was announced a little earlier in the year but i definitely want to talk about it because we are huge fans of jacqueline woodson and so jacqueline woodson was announced as the national ambassador for young people's literature uh here in america and that is just one of the best picks ever I know. She's such a beautiful writer. And I actually was reading one of her children's books today and I was like, man, can this woman write? So this is really exciting to hear this. She's such range from picture books to poetry books to poetry to adult fiction. She just is a very, very talented woman. Well, and I remember when I was reading Another Brooklyn last summer, I was like sitting on my back porch and I was like, trying not to cry into my library book because it was just so beautiful. Yeah, you can definitely tell she's a poet. So the last big thing on bookish news is Helen Dunmore won Costa's Book of the Year Award for Inside the Wave, which is a poetry collection. And if you're not familiar with the Costa, they have different categories. And then the winners of each categories go head to head. And then they have a book of the year overall. I just heard about this and I've heard about the award before, but I didn't really know anything about it. And I hadn't heard of this book either, but it's amazing that it's a poetry collection. Right. You know, Helen Denmore passed away. And so this is like her last legacy. She wrote this in the last few weeks of her life and uh, it won, which is amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I saw it on Twitter earlier this week or whenever it was announced. So I, I was really happy that it won. I've heard some interesting things about it and just that a woman's, you know, last legacy just was commemorated in this way, I think is phenomenal. But, you know, other books uh, have won in this, the category winner. So like one of my favorites is um, Eleanor Oliphant's Completely Fine that won the debut category. And it's just an interesting prize to watch. I'm 
Gonna need to keep better track of it. I usually rely on you for this kind of stuff. <laughs> That's fine. Everything I know about bookish <laughs> news is because of Kendra. I might be slightly obsessed. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, I used to have lists on Twitter, like categories of different types of news, but now it's, my feed is just all news and I gave up on the list. It's like all books. So it's like, whatever. <laughs> love what you want to love. Embrace it. Hey, I do follow a lot more bookish people on Twitter and I do feel like I'm a little bit more informed than I used to be. So I get a half point. And I have the last bit of news today, which is that we have compiled a listener survey. So in the last year or so, we've grown a ton and we've had a lot of new fo- a lot of new followers and a lot of people just like joining us on this reading women train. And so we want to learn more about you because as we're curating content for the upcoming year and as <laughs> we'll already start picking themes for 2019 here in a couple weeks. And so before we start planning all that stuff, we really wanted to get some feedback about like who you are and what kind of content you like hearing and just I don't know, just a bunch of general stuff about your thoughts and feelings about the podcast. So we will have a link to that in the show notes, and we will also have a link on our website. And if you fill out the survey, you will get a special promo code for a discount to the Reading Women store, so be sure to not miss out on that, and we will have more information about where you can find it and the discount and everything in the show notes, so don't miss it. And I think it's time to talk about the books. Yay! So we actually had too many books and we had to narrow them down a bit. But of course, we always have a wrap up on our blog at the end of the month. So definitely go check that out. There'll be more books. But until then, let's talk about the ones that we did pick. Sure. So I know I'm bursting at the seams to talk about my books, but why don't you start? Okay. Um, right. So I finally read The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas, which is out from Belzer and Bray. And this is a YA book about a young girl called Star. She's a teenager uh, living in a lower income, uh, predominantly black neighborhood. And she goes into school in an affluent white neighborhood. Now, she already feels like there are two stars. There's the star that interacts at her school. And then there's the star that she is when she's at home and in her uh community where she's from but then she is leaving a party with one of her friends who's giving her a ride and they are pulled over and and her friend is shot by the police and then she has to you know she's the only witness so she has to deal with that situation and you know it's very dangerous for her being the only witness uh, because who knows what could happen the police obviously don't want her to you know say anything and um, I was really wowed by this book. I listened to the audiobook actually, and the narrator one is fantastic, but the story was really great. And I know when there's a lot of hype on a book, because everyone's been talking about this book uh, since it came out, it's still on the hardback bestsellers list. Which is and, amazing. Right? It, it just hit the number one spot again today. And how long has it been out? So almost a year, I think. Maybe it came okay. out like late spring. I That's don't know. Whatever. Amazing. It's been on there a very long time. <laughs> Uh, which is fantastic. I'm so jealous. I have this one on my list for later this year. I will read it this year, but I didn't get to it this month. Yeah, I, I was very impressed with how she with with how Angie Thomas wrote this book because she did it in a very balanced way. So Star's uncle is also a cop, so he has a insider look at that. And then she, her boyfriend is white, and her best friends one is an Asian American girl, and one is a white. A girl, and so she just has a very balanced look. And also, this is a book that you could use as a, a teaching opportunity because it, it 
communicates to young people, it communicates to teenagers, mm-hmm. and it asks questions and answers them in a way that I think would be very accessible to that age group. Was this written in response to Black Lives Matter, or did it just come out as a coincidence? I think it's in association with Black Lives Matter. Okay. And because it was supposed to be like a Black Lives Matter book. So I'm not sure how direct that association is. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm very, I'm, I'm just so happy about this book because I was really worried because there's a, another book that I read earlier that, uh, that I that had a lot of hype around it and I didn't really like it. And I was just so worried about the hate you guys shouldn't have been. I should have completely trusted Andy Thomas. <laughs> It's hard, though. It's like once you've been burned by a highly touted book and it fails you, it's almost like, you know, a lover breaks your heart or something like that. And you're like, it's similar. You're like, I'll never read again. Yeah. And I, I shouldn't. And I just was really, I mean, I was really awed by what Auntie Thomas did because, like, I learned a lot of stuff. Uh, Star's dad is a store owner in the neighborhood and her mom is a nurse and so they could afford to move out but her dad doesn't want to her dad is a former gang member and he wants to help other gang gang members leave the gang if they want to and give them an opportunity so they usually have a young a lot of young black men working in the store to try to give them a job and um, help keep them in school and different things and so she talks about a lot of the multifaceted nature of you know being a young black girl in this community and what her family's like and also I want to say that sometimes I get very tired of there being really sucky parents in young adult books, but this is a great example of amazing parents. Uh, there's one thing that happens, and her mom like goes up to her dad and like pulls his hand, and they go to the bedroom, and Star's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> like, guys, you're too old for that. It's it's really good, um, but I will say that because there are a lot of really intense themes, you know, there's. Um, things about police brutality. There's some uh, sexual themes in this book, and there's also a lot of language. This is probably for older teens, or you'll definitely want to have a discussion with your younger teen if this is something that they're reading. Just FYI. But yeah, it is a great is a great book. And so that is The Hate You Give, uh, out from Bells Are Bray, and that's by Angie Thomas. And my first book is Kindred uh, by Octavia E. Butler, and this book is The, the, the Sorry. Octavia E. Butler. <laughs> <laughs> you happy now? <sighs> okay, so this is my actually my first <laughs> the Octavia Butler book, um, and man, I'm just oh, mad that God. I waited so long to finally read her. <laughs> we we will not lament that. So this book is about. <laughs> and this book is amazing. <laughs> Let me just say that, and so. It centers around a woman named Dana, and she lives in 1976, California, and she and her husband, Kevin, have, they're both writers. He just published a successful novel, um, and she's an African-American woman, and he's a white man, and they're living in California, living the dream, until one day they move into a new house, and she starts feeling kind of dizzy and disoriented, and she falls down, and, like, the room goes black, so she wakes up in, like, Antebellum, Maryland, and she's on the bank of this river, and there's this boy who's drowning, um, this white boy. And so she pulls him out of the river, and his parents come over, and they're both uh, white people. And then, like, as soon as she saves him, like, she is transported back into uh, 1976 California. And that is just the beginning. I'm not really going to say 
not really try to give away any spoilers because this very much is a suspenseful book and I don't want to kill that for anybody who hasn't read it. But let me just say that like Octavia Butler is a master storyteller and I I couldn't put this book down. It is amazing. I don't even, I just don't have words because like the Boba, you know, you start the story and like she's flashed into the past and you're just on the edge of your seat. And I didn't realize that she went back and forth in time Mm. when I, when I picked it up. So I kind of went into it knowing nothing and it was just like, oh my goodness, like when's she going to go back? And yeah. And I knew absolutely nothing about this book going into it, but Apart from, like, the kind of, like, mystery kind of sci-fi, like, messing with time kind of aspect of it, it asks a lot of really good questions about can we escape our past and what are the ways that we keep repeating the past and the present in, like, modernity when we're supposed to be, like, beyond racism and stuff like that. And her portrayals of, like, the slave experience are visceral and moving and I've never read anyone who described it so frankly and it's completely changed how I'll view it for the rest of my life and I just think everyone should read this book to the end. I second this. And this is one of the books that we're going to be talking about in our discussion episode next time so if you've read it be sure to listen to that one and if you haven't read it listen along anyway too because we're going to get into a little bit more details about kind of what goes on in this book. So that is Kindred by the Octavia E. Butler published by Beacon Press. (laughs) So my next pick is Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race by Rennie Edo Lodge. This is out from Bloomsbury Circus. And this is a book that sort of feels like an essay collection, but it is rather cohesive. And it started with an essay that Rennie wrote on her blog entitled Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race. And the essay was about why she's no longer talking uh, to close-minded or people who just don't want to listen to her about race. And she says there is an irony there that since she wrote that essay, she's been doing nothing but talking to white people about race. And, you know, obviously she wrote this book. What I found interesting about this book and why I wanted to choose it for this month is because Rennie Etalage is from the UK. And so she writes about their Black History Month, which is in October. She writes about race relations in the UK and how oftentimes we think about uh, struggles with race and the United States because uh, we just hear more about that. But we don't hear a lot about race relations in the UK. And so she wanted to talk more about that. I've been dying to get my hands on this book, but my library didn't have it. And so they're going to purchase it. Which is good because I feel like this is I don't I didn't understand like why it wasn't already in the library, but it just came in yesterday. So I'm really excited to read it. So, yeah, I found that this book was so informative because I was reading Stamp from the Beginning by Ibram X. Kendi, which won the National Book Award in 2016 for nonfiction. And that is about racist, racist ideas in America. So I was also reading this at the same time, which I found very useful because they emphasize, you know, the diff- parts of the different countries and while in America we emphasize race more and we de-emphasize class, in the U- UK they emphasize class and de-emphasize race. Obviously, both countries have problems with both things. It's just how society views their own issues differently, if that makes sense. And so Rennie Edelodge does a great job of talking about that. So she has a section on class and about gender and feminism and just a history of race relations in the UK and what it's like to be a woman of African or Black Caribbean descent living in the UK. And she just does a great job with it. And you would I loved her tone, the way that she talked to you as a reader, and she was just very understanding and encouraging. 
I was listening to a podcast, a different podcast the other day, and they were talking about this book. And, you know, one of the readers uh, who happened to be white was like, you know, I was worried, uh, you know, it's kind of an abrasive title, but she's not like that at all. She's very like, comes alongside you and just talks to you about this issue. And I felt, I agree. I felt it's very similar. She's it's like a friend chatting to you about these issues. Which is what we all need. Exactly. And I, I think she's just a great, she has just, I guess it, I should say she has a very gracious voice in the way that she discusses, but she's not shying away from the, the issues either. So I would highly recommend this if you wanted to learn more about race relations in the UK. It's a great starting point, And she also has a lot of resources as well in the notes and things where you could go and learn more about it. So um, I would highly recommend that one. And that was Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race by Rennie Etta Lodge, and that is out from Bloomsbury. All right, so that brings us to our sponsor spot, and that is us, because we have a brand new book club with our patrons, patrons of all levels, and we are going to be talking about one of our favorite books that we've read in recent times, uh, and that is My Brilliant Friend by Alina Ferrante, translated by Anne Goldstein. We all know I have severe Ferrante fever, oh, yes. and I'm converting... Autumn, yes. book by book. Yes. Um, and I've wanted one of my New Year's resolutions is to reread this book. So I was very happy when the patrons voted this as the book club book. Yeah, so this was suggested in our last, we had a call with some of our patrons a couple weeks ago, and they were like, you know, we'd love to have a book club. And we were like, that's a great idea. So we uh, suggested four books for them, and this is the book that they picked. And so we're excited to get to read it with them. And I am very excited that one of our patrons actually is from Italy, and so she's reading it in Italian, and I want to ask yes. her all of the questions. I'm so jealous of her. Ah! I just want to learn Italian just to be able to read Elena Ferrante in the original Italian. I know. Download Duolingo tonight. Who knows? <laughs> so if you want to read My Brilliant Friend along with us, there is absolutely still time. Uh, we will be having our book club meeting end of March, so if you want to become a patron and be a part of it, you can follow the link in our show notes and join Join us. We'll have a lot of fun. Yes, because if you can imagine us with a bunch of other people discussing, you know, Fronte fever. Yes. Anyway, yes, it's going to be a lot of fun, so we hope you'll join us, and all of that information will be linked in our show notes for you to check out. So then my next pick is Queen Sugar by Natalie Bazile, and this book is published by Pamela Dorman Books. Um, I actually read wanted to read this book because I saw a trailer for the TV show, and the TV show is created by Ava DuVernay. And she's getting, like, a ton of press right now and is really, like, killing it. She's directing A Wrinkle in Time, and she also directed Selma. So she already has, like, a lot of big-name movies under her belt. And so I saw the movie or the show trailer, and I was like, this looks amazing. And then I got the book and read the book and was like, hmm. And then I read an article today about how how much they changed the TV show from the original plot of the book. So just a heads up. But anyway, Queen Sugar is set in Louisiana, and it follows Charlie Bordelone, and she has in inherited a 800-acre sugarcane farm from her father, who died recently. And so she's an arts teacher, and she's kind of struggling, and she's a single mom. Her husband died, and so she decides to move to Louisiana, where some of her family still is, and try to work this cane farm. And so a lot of the book centers around her struggle just to, like, keep the farm afloat, but then there's also 
her trying to rebuild these relationships with her family, and she has an estranged brother, Ralph Angel, who feels like he's entitled to part of the cane farm, and he's trying to take some of it from her. And so, but a lot of the struggle just comes from the fact that she is a black woman trying to run a cane farm in Louisiana where most of the cane farmers are white men. And also there's a family history there or like a just history there in general about African-Americans working on the cane farms. So the premise was like incredible. It sounds like the cutting season. It is kind of like the cutting season, but without the mystery part of it. It's a little bit more straightforward than that. I will say that I really liked most of the book. This is a debut novel, so I felt like at times it was a little bit heavy-handed in place. And I did feel like the prose was a little bit too flowery and too descriptive in places, which I didn't really feel like fit the setting or the characters very well. But despite that, it was also a really interesting book to kind of like, I read it right after um, kindred to like to read about the slave experience and then to read this book where someone's also trying to like grapple with the history of the past and slavery was just a really it was really amazing to like read them in tandem and to compare them that way yeah it sounds like they would go really well together in the, their themes and different things yeah they really did and it's set in like 2010 or something like that i don't remember so it's even more modern or more recent than kindred but I, it, it definitely was a good read, and like I enjoyed the story and the plot, and I still might try out the TV show. We'll see. Yeah, I just looked at the TV show on an article, and it looks really good, and uh, Oprah's involved, and we all know you love Oprah, so. Yeah, somehow I came to loving Oprah like through the back door. I don't really know how that happened, but it was like, I think that was actually one of those autumn analyses on the podcast where Kendra was like, you, you love Oprah, and I'm like, I do? I didn't even know I loved Oprah. <laughs> like, you and Oprah agree on a lot of your <laughs> book club things. We're just both very passionate about Southern literature. Can't fault anyone <laughs> for that. So that was Queen Sugar by Natalie Bazile, and it is published by Pamela Dorman Books. And my last pick is my discussion book for this month, and that is Homegoing by Yaa Jesse. It's out from Knopf. Now, me saying that, you probably have already heard of this book because it is one of the biggest books in 2016. It came out in the summer, and ever since it came out, I've heard it talked about all over the book internet since then. Like, it has not stopped. People really love this book, and I think definitely for good reason. So this book starts out on the Gold Coast uh, in Africa, where there are two half-sisters who don't know that the other exists, and that is Essie and Effia. And one sister stays in Africa, and one is taken as a slave over to America. And from there, we follow their descendants. And so we are in Africa, and we see Essie's son. And then we flip back, and we see Effia's daughter in America. And we go back and forth in the narrative. The narrative is from definitely a multi-perspective and moves forward in time with each character we see another generation of what happened to uh, the two sisters' descendants. And through this narrative, Yal Jesse looks at both sides of the narrative, at those who were, were left in Africa and at those who were forced into slavery and came to the United States. And I just learned so much from this book. I feel like I had a really interesting book pairing this month because Three out of the four books that I read talked specifically about slavery and gave like three different kind of perspectives on it. And I felt like they worked really well together to kind of give a unified 
or at least a more 360 view of it. There's just something about this book that I think really describes kind of like the trajectory of these two sisters' lives. I felt it was almost like they were to an alternate reality, almost for the same person that you could see like, oh, if they had stayed in Africa, this is what would happen. Or then we were taken to slavery. Mm -hmm. You kind of saw both sides of the coin. And I thought that was very well done. Yeah, I love the structure of it. Any book that has a family tree on the first page is going to be a good one. (laughs) That's definitely one of my favorites, that's for sure. And yeah, so we're going to talk about this book a little more. So I'm going to steal our thunder. Uh, Just stay tuned for our next episode. We'll be talking about uh, Homegoing by Y'all Jesse, and it's going to be fun. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm excited. So then my last pick is Behold the Dreamers by Mbolo Mbue, and this book is published by Random House. And this is another book that you've probably heard of, and I'm just late to the game, but better late than never, I guess. It's also an Oprah pick. You know, I just have this trend, (laughs) um, these accidental themes that, like, come out. This is a very different kind of book than the ones that well, at least that we've been reading for this month. Um, this is follows um, Jende Janga, and he is a Cameroonian immigrant. And he comes to Harlem because he wants he's wanted to come to America his whole life. And so he finally comes, and then he stays in America for a while. And then finally, his wife, Nenny, and their son get to come over with him. And she's studying to be a pharmacist in pharmacy school. And Jende gets a job as a chauffeur for the Edwards family, and the dad, Clark Edwards, is a senior executive at Lehman Brothers, so they're very wealthy, have a, an apartment that like looks out over Manhattan or whatever. We have kind of these two halves of the, the story contrasted against each other, and it follows the Janga family's struggle to stay in America. There's a lot of talk about like why they wanted to come to America and how hard it was for them to finally get here, and then their struggles while they're here and you know not being able to get jobs, and then this really visceral struggle of whether or not they should stay or whether or not they should go back to Africa. It really was as amazing as everyone said it was. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one as well. And the narrator is one of my new favorite narrators for the audiobook. I actually, Samuel and I listened to this on our way up to Christmas one time. And the, he, the, the narrator is just stellar. I actually listened to the audiobook too. And I always love it when they get people who actually pronounce the names well. And it helps me, especially with a book like this, to know the correct pronunciations. But this book was like really sad and like it's kind of challenges the idea of what is the American dream and is it actually as attainable as everyone says it is. It's definitely um a great book and as we both said, highly recommend it in audio. Some I saw someone on our Instagram the other day saying they want to read more audiobooks or listen to more audiobooks this year. So this one would be a good one. Um so it is Behold the Dreamers by Mbolo Mbue, published by Random House. And so that is all of our picks for February. It always goes so fast. How does this happen? It does. I don't know. I think it's just because we have so many great books. I know, I know. Anyway. So what are you reading now? So I am about to start the notorious RBG, The Life and Times of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It is by Erin Carmen and Shannon Nisnik. You know, I've just heard a lot about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and don't really know anything about her. And this book kind of made the rounds online last year, I believe. And it's short and it has like photos and illustrated and stuff. So I'm excited to kind of 
learn a little bit more about her. Yeah, she sounds amazing. I've wondered, I've had this on my radar as well, so you definitely have to tell me how it is. Oh, I will. You don't really have a choice. <laughs> Valid point. <laughs> so what are you reading? I am reading, I'm actually listening to Brass by Janet Elu, and this is about a girl who's stuck in this tiny town, and she starts an affair with this married Albanian man who is in the United States without his wife. And then we jump forward and we see their daughter and we know that Elsie, the the mom, did not get out when she started her affair with the Albanian guy. And their daughter now also wants to get out, but she just got a letter from New York University saying that she was not accepted. So now she doesn't really know what to do with her life. And when I first heard this premise, I was like, what makes that premise so magical? Like, sometimes you'll hear a premise and you're like, oh my goodness, that has to be good. But when I started the audiobook, I realized it's because the narrative voices of Elsie and uh, her daughter are just so are just so strong and so well done. I can I can see them, and it's like one of those books you can vividly see the characters and hear them in your head. Besides the fact that the audiobook is playing in my earbuds, but you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm tracking, Kendra. I'm thanks, with you. Thanks. So I, I've, I've been really impressed with the writing. And this is a debut novel. Yeah, stay tuned to our social media. I'll definitely tell everyone how it is, which I'm sure will be amazing because so far it is. So. <laughs> and I think with that, that's the end of this episode. All right, so that's it for us. So if you haven't already and you love Reading Moon, uh, please leave us a review in uh, Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help other people find us. Uh, and we would greatly appreciate it. Also, if you love to learn more about new books, see reviews and giveaways and different things from us, definitely check out our newsletter, which will be linked in the show notes. So thank you all so much for listening and join us next time when we'll be talking about Kindred and Homegoing. Meanwhile, you can find Reading Women on all the social media channels at The Reading Women. And you can find Kindred and me online as well. She's at, at KD Winchester and I'm at Autumn Privet. And thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Storybound is a podcast where acclaimed writers read their essays and stories, which are then scored by unique and award-winning composers with each episode hosted by myself, Jude Brewer. With Storybound, you'll find a whole array of genres and musical styles, some painful yet sweet or hilarious yet tragic, all brought to you by the Podglomerate and Lit Hub Radio. Hi, I'm So Pandeb. Hi, I'm Megan Angelo. This is Tommy Orange. This is Amanda Stern. This is Phil Cly. Hello, this is Stephanie Dandler. My name is Chloe Caldwell, and you're listening to Storybound. Storybound. This is Storybound. 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 This is the Storybound podcast. Season two will be arriving on July 14th with new episodes every Tuesday, featuring writers like Stephanie Dandler, Garth Greenwell, Tommy Orange, Chloe Caldwell, and more. Make sure to subscribe today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And tell a friend, because the next best thing to hearing a great story is having someone to share it with.